All right, listen up, y'all. I'm y'all substitute teacher, Mr. Garvey. I taught school for 20 years in the inner city, so don't even think about messing with me. Y'all feel me? Mm -hmm. OK, let's take a roll here. Jay Quellen. Where's Jay Quellen at? No Jay Quellen here? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, do you mean Jacqueline? OK, so that's how it's going to be. Y'all want to play. OK, then. I've got my eye on you, Jay Quellen. Balake. Where is Balake at? There's no Balake here today. Yes, sir. My name's Blake. Are you out of your mind? Blake. What? Do you want to go to war, Balaki? No. Because we could go to war. No. I'm for real. I'm for real. So you better check yourself. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I certainly appreciate your time. I know it is busy as we begin another school year here in the States, and I hope things are going well for you. Have you smiled yet, or are you waiting till Christmas? How strict have you started out at the beginning of this school year? How firm are you, and how fair? We're going to be talking uh, with Mr. Robert Ward, and Robert has over two decades of experience teaching English language arts and English language development to a diverse population of students in public middle schools in L.A., Los Angeles. He also mentored over 200 teachers at various stages of their career. He's put a lot of that knowledge and experience and mentorship into a book called The Firm, Fair, Fascinating Facilitator. Inspire your students, engage your class, transform your teaching. He's going to share some of those insights with us. So let's get started. Robert, thank you for joining us on the program. Why did you get into teaching in the first place? Well, I initially wanted to be an actor. And so out of high school, I went to Boston University and ended up not going into acting and getting my English degree from UCLA and went into teaching. And at that time in 1993 in Los Angeles, there was a huge teacher shortage and they were offering what were called emergency credentials. And so basically, if you passed the California basic skills test and you had a BA and you had a heartbeat. Congratulations. Here's your room key. Now go teach and best of luck to you. We hope you survive. You were lucky to get a key sometimes. And I started nine weeks into the semester. So my students had had a series of subs before me. So it was not an ideal way to start out. Robert, were you the master teacher right off the bat? How did it go for you? In all accounts, I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, instructionally, I had no idea what I was doing. I was teaching seventh and eighth grade kids in Los Angeles. A lot of them, you know, low performing, struggling students. I had no idea how to meet their needs. I started out giving them college blue book tests, you know, because that's what I knew from college. I had no training, no experience, and I just absolutely fell on my face as far as instruction, as far as classroom management. Oh my goodness. I just started out so terribly. I let the students sit wherever they wanted, which they sat in exactly the places where it would be 
to their worst learning advantage and my worst teaching advantage, and it just went downhill from there. Unfortunately, a common story for many teachers, even these days. So, Robert, after a rough beginning, why did you come back? Why didn't you just quit? I guess I'm just stubborn. I just kept getting back on that horse and practicing and practicing and not giving up. And no doubt you must have had some vision of you doing it right and effectively. So, Robert, when did it start kicking in? When did you gain confidence and say, you know what, I think I can do this long term? I just started my 24th year of teaching, and a good five, seven, ten years, I had a very slow learning curve to hit my stride. I didn't give up, and I'm here to tell about it. And it is not so long ago that when I mentor new teachers, excited, enthusiastic teachers who sometimes are struggling just as bad as I did, empathy for them, and now I feel like I have a lot of strategies and advice and wisdom to save them a lot of the mistakes that I made. I think it was in my seventh year I became a mentor teacher, and again, looking back, maybe I wasn't a master teacher then, but I had some wisdom. I found over the years that often my mentees would say, Robert, you should write a book. You should write this down. And I heard it so many times that I thought, you know what? I should write this down. And I just started doing it. It took me nine years to get it together, working slowly, working in fits and starts, getting distracted, getting demoralized. You know, who am I, a lowly classroom teacher, to write a book about education, but finally I put it together, and yeah, I'm a published author. I can't believe it. And congratulations on that book. It's called The Firm, Fair, Fascinating Facilitator. Let's talk about firm. So, Robert, are you telling me I shouldn't smile till Christmas? Should I go into drill sergeant mode and say, when I say jump, your response should be how high? Being firm can be done absolutely positively. It doesn't mean you don't smile because fairness is all about smiling and fairness and firmness are equal. Not really being a drill sergeant, I think of it as being professional, being formal, being serious, and being confident and being calm so that you really inspire trust and you inspire allegiance. You want the kids to follow you. You've got to be a leader because kids naturally want to follow a leader. And then what you do is you strategically build them up and you very quickly let them start taking an increasingly larger leadership role, a leadership role in their academics and a leadership role in how the classroom runs. Classroom management has got to come through planning. If you are not well-prepared, proactive, and have a clear set of procedures, how are kids going to follow basic rules of courtesy and respect? You've got to have a clear game plan. You've got to have that positive reinforcement, praising them, not just for their cooperation, but very quickly for their effort and their intelligence. Effort and intelligence should be praised absolutely equally. 
trying hard is just as wonderful as getting it right on the first go-round. And I know some listeners may say, well, Brian and Robert, it's easy for you guys to portray confidence because you've been teaching for many years. But even if you're a brand new teacher, you too can portray confidence by how you dress. Are you dressing professionally? Are you organized? Are you not waiting to the last minute for your lessons? Are you prepared? A lot of that can go a long way to portraying confidence. Absolutely, Brian. You know what? Sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. You've got to just have that professional persona. So then you're augmenting that planning and that positivity with a strong presence. Use position so that you get close to the kids, especially where you see things starting to fall apart or kid that's off and off task or distracted that you just move a little bit closer to them. There's no reason why you can't teach from the middle of the room or roam the room. And then you don't want all of your management tricks to be vocal. You want to use pantomime. You want to use gestures all the time. You can tell a kid to turn around with just a spin of your finger. Tell people to quiet down with a shushing finger above your lips. There are ways that you show your confidence by rarely raising your voice. Not at all being unpleasant. Not at all being mean. By far, the most common question I get from new teachers or even experienced teachers who are struggling with management is, Robert, what do you do when? Without consciously thinking about it, they're asking me, so what consequence do you give when a kid gets out of his seat, when a kid is chewing gum and they're not supposed to chew gum, when a kid is wearing a hat and they're not supposed to wear a hat? And what I try to do with the teacher is pull them back and say, listen, forget about consequences and try to think of being proactive and having procedures so that from day one, this is how things have always been in your classroom and that you keep small problems small and isolated and you can often take care of those problems with just a quick whisper at a kid's desk or a quick gesture or kind of getting close to them and letting them know, hey, I'm watching you without even a word, without even being threatening or being negative so that the kids know, okay, I want to redirect my behavior. You've got to think of redirecting behavior instead of always wanting to issue a consequence. Keep things positive and productive. You are being so warm and so supportive and so encouraging and so nurturing and making the class really fascinating and really interesting on a very meaningful level, giving the kids choice so they feel empowered and then also being a darn good teacher where, you know what, I always struggled with English and I always struggled with math, but not in this class. This teacher breaks it down. This teacher reinforces things. This teacher gives me feedback. This teacher gives me support. It's not just about being a manager. Teachers need to be sensitive. They need to be encouraging. They need to be empathetic, but they also need to push and prod and nudge and suggest sometimes. You can't just let kids be kids and do anything they want or just baby them. It is 
business when my students are in my classroom. That business is engaging and interesting and validating and encouraging and wonderful, but it's business. It is deeply fulfilling to have structure and stability and security. It is deeply fulfilling to have a teacher who builds up your self-confidence and who you truly trust and you know cares about you. It's deeply fulfilling to be in a meaningful, engaging, empowering classroom, and it's deeply fulfilling to succeed at academic tasks. Author, teacher, and mentor, Robert Ward and his book, The Firm, Fair, Fascinating Facilitator, Inspire Your Students, Engage Your Class, Transform Your Teaching. Have a great rest of the week, and we'll talk to you again soon.